Hey man, you need a cab? Well, what's wrong with this one? <laughs> he ain't got five kids to feed. Hello there, and welcome to a new episode of the Hyperbaric Reviews with your two hosts. You remember me, Red Roll's the name. And joined by the man who's got five kids to feed, it's JT. <laughs> Hello, everyone. I had a feeling you were going to do that one, Bread Roll, the, the five kids to feed. I, I thought that might be the one tonight. Um, I have one kid to feed, and <laughs> you got me. I ain't even married. Hello, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, indeed. Yeah, I mean, there's so many quotes for this movie. I mean, it's hard to fucking pick one out. I mean, when I was thinking when I was watching this, there's so many quotes from this movie that I still use in my day-to-day life. And some people at work, they kind of get the reference and other people don't, like, get your ass to Mars. I usually use that whenever I've got to do something, like, urgently or, you know, get on something. And just there's so many quotes here that I just literally throw into my normal life. And half the time, I just get weird looks from people. But the people who do like movies obviously know where I'm coming from. Yeah, yeah, there are, aren't there? When we worked together, um, two weeks was one, wasn't it? If someone pre-ordered saying, when's it coming out? We sort of look at them and go, two weeks. And like, okay, guys, all right. <laughs> And um, yeah, get your ass to Mars. Um, hey, you remember me? Fucking so many. Um, I've got five kids to feed was another one. Yeah, just yeah. so, so many. But I was a god, a lot of nerve showing your face around here and all that sort of stuff as well. And <laughs> like, you know, this whole movie is literally just like, if anyone's ever met me in real life, there's probably about 90% of my conversation technique comes from this movie, I think. so. <laughs> yeah, well, Benny as well. I mean, he's, he's not in the film a great amount. He's in it a fair chunk, but he's like got so many quotable lines, doesn't he, in the, bit he's, the bits he's in. He is, yeah, and um, he's just such a remember, uh, memorable character. By the way, we're doing Total Recall if no one looked at the uh, picture <laughs> before we, um, before you clicked play and we started talking. But yes, Total Recall, now, many might say it's one of Arnie's finest that came out on June the 1st, 1990, runs for 113 minutes. And once again, Wiki's right on the money with the budget, somewhere between 48 and 80 million. And it came out of a box office of 261.4 million. So it made a lot of scratch back in its day. Obviously, it was Arnie in his prime. It was bound to make money. And sci-fi action movies were all the rage back then. But um, yeah, quite a popular movie. Yeah, it couldn't have really failed, could it? I mean, Verhoeven was starting to get a bit of a name for himself as well. As you say, this is peak Arnie, really, isn't it? And sci-fi was all the rage. Yep. So it was bound to, to make a huge profit, whether it took, oh, cost 48 or 80 million. It doesn't really matter. Um, I mean, this is one of my favourites, again, from my teenage years. Obviously, we, we did Robocop last week, and now this one. Two absolute classics, aren't they? Back-to-back with Verhoeven as well. I mean, well, I mean, I don't want to give too much away, but it's not going to be a surprise what we score this, really. No, probably not. But yeah, you're right, two Verhoeven movies. And it's just got his style. It absolutely reeks of it, doesn't it? Like, his kind mm. of his practical effects, his fucking mental fucking like ultra-violent shootouts and all that sort of stuff it's actually quite a clever movie it's actually as i grew up as a kid i just watched it because i was a massive arnie fan still am i love watching arnie movies um i just watched it for the action and all the crazy one-liners but when you think about it there is actually a bit of a kind of intelligent psychological plot going on here and it's actually based on a book um from philip k dick that was uh, published in 1966 uh it's an unfortunate name i suppose but um uh, yeah, it's based, it's based on that. And it's only a really short story, but like loads of his work's been, you know, the uh, founding places for like really popular movies and TV shows like Blade Runner, Minority Report, The Man in the High Castle, and a series called Electric Dreams, you know, the name of few, is all based off his work. So, yeah, based off yeah. an actual book and not just a random script. Yeah, it's a name that I've seen banded around quite a lot and I, I knew he had a lot of influence in a lot of films and a lot of stuff was based on his writing um again as a kid or as a teenager when this came out a very uh, young teenager um 
I didn't really even get the plot. And even now, it's a bit all over the fucking place, isn't it? Where he's Hauser, then he's Quaid, and all this going on. But yeah, I was all into the action, the one-liners, the brutality, and just the fact that I shouldn't have really been watching it. Yeah, yeah, because it's another one that used to be on TV all the time as well. Although it was obviously edited to shit. You saw a few bits in it. And again, a bit like Robocop, when I eventually did see a proper cut of it, I was like, fucking hell, this movie's actually pretty... I mean, it's full on anyway, for um, obviously at the time and when I was a kid. But when you watch it properly, you're like, bloody hell, this movie is fucking... It's mental, really. <laughs> yeah, well, apparently the first time it was shown on ITV, I read this while doing a little bit of research before we watched it. Um, the first time it was ever shown on ITV was uncut. And I suspect they probably got a lot of complaints and never probably showed that version again. Because it's quite surprising to think that. But I guess it would have been sort of mid-90s when it was first shown on TV. Things were a bit different. I mean, it's not a huge amount of time ago, but things were still different back then. Yeah, they were. And it's strange, isn't it, when you, th- you know, think, you know, we mentioned it before. This is like what this came out in 1990. It probably started being filmed in about nine, in about 88, I'd imagine, because it took so long, obviously, to be filmed. Yeah. Obviously, put together, then released, and then they wouldn't release like they do these days, where we pretty much get it worldwide, and then within six months, it's out on Blu-ray or streaming or something. Back then, it was like you know, it come out in America. A few months later, we'd get it, and then the rest of the world, and so on. Then you'd be looking about a year, year and a half before it came on to like either rent before you could even buy it on video, let yeah. alone come out on TV. It's fucking crazy. Yeah, you'd be looking at least sort of three years before it hit TV. Um, but yeah, you're right about this being just about a 90s film, but it does still reek of 80s, doesn't it? You can tell it was filmed, written and whatever in the 80s, late 80s, obviously. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So uh, let's take a look at the old uh, synopsis here and see what it's all about. Now, I haven't got my glasses on, so I'll probably cock this oh, up. God. Apologies in advance. <laughs> <laughs> so in 2084... Doug Quaid is a mild-mannered construction worker on Earth who dreams of exploring the human colonies of Mars. He opts to visit Recall, a company that specialises in implanting false memories of a virtual trip to any location. Quaid pays for a Mars experience, including aspects of being a secret agent and discovering alien artefacts. When Recall attempts to implant the memories, they find he already appears to have undergone a previous memory uh, replacement procedure. Believing himself to be a secret agent whose cover has just been blown before recall memory has been implanted, Quaid attacks the medical staff until he is uh, sedated and sent home. So that's pretty much the opening of the movie. Obviously, at first we get a really strange, well, it's not strange, it's just kind of a bit jarring. You kind of see Arnie and who later turns out to be Melina walking along on Mars and he falls down a cliff and smashes his visor and does his whole (laughs) thing as he's being fucking murdered on Mars and that and then it sort of cuts to him waking up next to his uh his wife quote unquote uh Sharon Stone um and that's how we kind of get introduced to it all but it doesn't really take long to get going does it it's quite a fast moving movie yeah it is one thing I did notice though this one had a really long fucking title sequence Robocop last week just pinged in with Robocop we were straight off this one had about two minutes of titles um, certainly on the version I watched which is the 4k blu-ray so I'm assuming you had the same like two two minutes of very 80s sort of title sequence before it actually did anything yeah with um, that writing that looks like it's straight out of clip art or something like really yeah, fucking old awesome. like, would have looked really <laughs> but yeah it did take a while to get going the music was all right though I mean obviously it was 80s like industrial clunky music but um it was pretty good yeah um and the first sound we do get obviously we see him and Belina walking along the first sound we do get is as he pulls down the fucking (laughs) thing and it's the first (laughs) noise we get and i I will say this is probably the film where he makes the most of those noises in every fucking scene he's he's kicking off old arnie yeah, yeah, I was thinking that. I was actually, man, this is like a proper, like, proper Arnie fest. This one, every time he, like, jumps, he's like, nah, 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 nah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, 
<laughs> just, I, maybe someone just like wound him up and let him go. But yeah, I mean, to be um, honest, I mean, how big Arnie is really. But in that scene where he wakes up in bed and obviously he's got old Sharon Stone wearing next to nothing next to him. He's fucking massive, isn't he? She looks like fucking oh, yeah. tiny compared to him. And his biceps are like the size of a fucking, I don't know, a whole like upper body, basically. It's mental. Yeah, she looks like a little Barbie doll next to him. We get a sneaky bit of side boob as well. She gets up, and um, that always used to get me a little bit excited back in the uh, early 90s, shall we say. <laughs> um, <laughs> I did have a bit of a thing for Sharon Stone in this film. Um, I did think she was pretty hot. I mean, this is probably her first big break, isn't it? She'd been in a few bits before this, but obviously Basic, basic Instinct, and that was based off this. Another Verhoeven film, in fact, isn't it? It is, yeah. It's one I always forget that's his, actually. Um, maybe, because he does use a lot of the same actors, um, as we mentioned when we did Starship Troopers, a few people, uh, Michael Ironside, and um, the guy who turns out to have Quato on him, he's in there and stuff. So he's one of those actors, uh, directors who likes to use the same kind of cast. Uh, Sharon Stone, I suppose yeah. for a day, she was like, um, she was the woman, wasn't she, for one point in her mm. career? She was almost like, I don't know, like the Margot Robbie of like the early 90s, I suppose, wasn't she? And, you know, did all right for yeah. herself. Yeah, she definitely was. Um, and uh, old Verhoeven with his TVs, we said last week in Robocop, they were totally fucking 80s and they hadn't really thought about the futuristic look of them. He's done a bit of a better job in this one. When Arnie sat there eating his breakfast, he's actually got like a TV built into the wall. Like, it's quite futuristic for once, isn't it? It is. You know, I really like the aesthetics of this movie. I always have. I, I've always got a thing. You know me, I like sort of like 2000 AD and like Warhammer and stuff like that. I like that really kind of like... 80s kind of look at futuristic where everything's really industrial and very chunky looking um mm. and it's like you've got that all the way through it here i mean robocop had a lot of that but again the crt tvs kind of ruined it a little bit but yeah like the way they've got the tvs on the wall he doesn't really do the infomercials as much in this one but you do get a lot of news feeds happening in the background that kind of just give tidbits of like the state of what's happening on mars away but you don't get them kind of taking over the movie like they usually do no, the only ones you really get are the recall adverts, which obviously Arnie sees and wants to go there, and we see a couple of those. But, yeah, you're right, but he still does well with the news clips. It sort of pieces bits together. Um, and the bit where we see him at work, it's quite funny, and he's there with a the jackhammer, and that's just an excuse to show off his physique, isn't it? He's there with a fucking thing vibrating with his arms out, and his biceps are looking huge and all gleaming in the sun. I'm like, yeah, there's no real point for that scene to be in there. No, no, absolutely not. And especially because they got him next to a guy who's basically a low-budget Danny DeVito. It's like, how, oh, you know, yeah, Larry, it's like, how big do you want to actually make Arnie look? Just give him like a little fucking dumpling of a bloke to stand next to you just to <laughs> emphasize the fact that he's fucking huge anyway. <laughs> one, one thing bit. with Larry, though, no, I was going to say, sorry, Bredwell, that just Larry, I mean, obviously in a minute we'll talk about him a bit more, but he does give Arnie some good advice when he says, don't go to recall, man, don't fuck with your brain, it ain't worth it. And I'm thinking, good advice, you should have heeded Larry's advice up. Douglas or whatever your name is going to be yeah yeah absolutely and uh speaking of like just random lines and everything there's one here that I thought's a bit apropos for today not really going to go into it too much but when um what is that old his wife Sharon Stone she says oh no wonder you keep having nightmares you're always watching the news and it's like yeah that's probably what it's like these days if you turn the bloody news on so kind of something that's a bit apropos for nowadays certainly is I mean we've we've gone from one fucking crisis to another really this one's obviously totally different to what was happening a while ago which is still going on obviously but yeah, we don't really want to get into politics and news and stuff, but it's not a great place at the moment. Um, and just going on to when Arnie's in that bloody chair at recall and they strap him in and everything, that kid who sort of starts the procedure and he says about, oh, you know, these are, I can't what he says now, but he says something, I wouldn't trust him. He looks about 15. He's about to like implant something into Arnie's head. I know obviously the woman does take over in the end, but it doesn't look like the most sort of uh, kosher place to me. <laughs> 
No, it doesn't, because only about three of them working there, and it's like, well, this just looks like really fucking dodging. You're gonna let these guys, like you say, mess around with your brain. One thing I did like is all the foreshadowing, because again, it gives that whole kind of psychological twist about the ending of the movie. Um, when he's got the screen up in front of him and she's like, oh, do you want to look at some alien pictures? He's like, ah, whoever monster. And she's like, um, <laughs> you know, there's all these things going on. And you actually see like these, um, I think they actually used what was originally the, um, oh, what's it called? Like this, the concept art for the movie as yeah. these images. And you see like the, um, like the machine that turns on like the oxygen on Mars later on and all that stuff. And everything he sees on the screen is part of his ego trip, as it's called. Um, is actually what he sees later on, including the woman he designs. Actually, they show very briefly. It's actually turns out to be Melina when we see her later. Yeah, he's sort of designer, isn't he? And he's falling asleep sort of more and more as he's sort of going athletic and all that. Um, he designs <laughs> a woman the complete opposite to Sharon Stone as well. Obviously, she's slim, blonde, and he he wants an athletic brunette, so he's going complete opposite to her. Yeah, and that bit as well when he fucking he wakes up and everything, and he's just like going like absolutely mental. You blew my cover, and then like <laughs> fucking like you said, a little guy who looks like he's about fucking fifteen comes over and it's like, dude, you're about the size of his fucking finger. You're not going to do anything, are <laughs> you? And he like launches him across the fucking room. <laughs> yeah, he's quite funny when he flips out in the chair when it all starts going wrong, and then like, oh, oh, he's off again, isn't he? Flipping out. <laughs> yeah, because he's like trying to choke someone, and they're like spitting that like injection in his neck, and he's like, no, no. <laughs> eventually fucking passes out um the guy who fucking runs the show as well he like sells him the thing he's such a sleazy kind of salesman but to his credit he is trying to divert arnie away from doing the mars one isn't he? he's trying to get him to do things like venus or saturn or something saturn, instead. i think it's isn't it he's like hey i think you should go to saturn i want to go to mars I'm like, okay you're not going to fucking change his mind and when they dump him in that johnny cab apparently johnny cab's whistling the norwegian national anthem i read that i was like it's pretty fucking random yeah, that Johnny Cab's hilarious. So reminds me of Mr. Data from Star Trek um, for some reason. It's just like the way that kind of like the movement is going, you're in a Johnny Cab. <laughs> How did I get here? The door opened and you got in. That's brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> so Quaid arrives and suddenly finds his former friends and his wife, Laurie, are out to kill him. He is able to subdue Laurie and learns that his life prior to the past two months are all false memories and that she and his friends were there to keep track of him. Their marriage has also been false. As she is really the girlfriend of Richter, the man that has led the attacks on Quaid, Quaid escapes, pursued by Richter and Helm, who looks like Timmy Mallet, and eventually <laughs> encounters a man that claims to be a former friend who gives him a briefcase. Now, this scene where he gets back and obviously fights Larry and stuff, like the fucking, fucking Verhoeven movies, like the gunshots, it's like he's shooting a fucking grenade because like their fucking bullet holes just explode out of him when they get shot, don't they? Yeah. Um, it's quite funny as well. Obviously, Larry's there, and then the other guys come down. They try and um, sort of, I don't know what they're going to try and put put him in the Johnny Cab. Whatever they're going to try and do, take him off. And he obviously he's twice the size of all of them, but he manages to shoot half of them and knock the other half out. So he doesn't fuck about Arnie. But I'm thinking, there's no one else around. This is all going on, and literally, you're the only people in this place. And we see it again when he's escaping Richter, and it's fucking heaving with people. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point, actually. Yeah, because they're like on this main stairwell, aren't they? And say so no one hears yeah. the gunshots or the commotion or anything. Then, like you say, later on as well, fucking million people all around. Well, Quaid runs off and obviously goes to, to Laurie, thinking she's going to help him. He dives into the house and turns all the lights off. And he, just as he runs off, you see like this fucking melee of dead bodies and pools of blood. And I'm thinking no one's even noticed or heard the gunshots. What the fuck? <laughs> this is where we get a load more like fucking 
great Arnie noises because like as soon as he comes in and like the lights are off and she starts shooting, he's like, Aah! dives behind the fucking <laughs> counter. And then like they have a bit of a fist fight. And she, at one point, she like kicks him in the bollocks and it zooms on in his face. He's like, fucking <laughs> <laughs> Arnie growl. She kicks him in the bollocks twice in this scene. But how bad a shot is she? She unloads about fucking 20 rounds and <laughs> misses him every fucking time. I know he's dark. And then when she sort of tells him what's going on, they both sort of sit there and have a bit of a chill moment after they've beaten shit out of each other. And then she tries to seduce him. She's like, come on, one last time. And I'm thinking, he wasn't interested in you when he thought he was your wife. He ain't going to be interested in you now. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And she's like, oh, you can tie me up and everything. But in the screen behind, you can see all the Richter and Helmer sort of coming up the stairs and everything. <laughs> Where he fucking, he goes to the house and that guy calls him up and he's like, oh yeah, stick a tea towel around your head. And he just fucking looks so fucking stupid. And then he like, go, the guy's like, oh, I'll leave the briefcase here, just in the middle of the street. And Arnie goes down and some little old lady's trying to get it. And he eventually pulls it away from her. And she's like, fuck you, you asshole. Yeah, I mean, there's a couple of bits there, isn't there? I mean, that fucking bug must be pretty crap if just a tea towel wrapped around your head and no one can hear it or track it. And yeah, that woman, there's just a suitcase left there. Imagine if that was these days and there was a suitcase just randomly in the middle of the street. It'd be cordoned off within seconds. You'd have the bomb squad there. Yeah. There's also the fact that, like they say, that fucking wet tea towel stops this tracker that's supposed to be state-of-the-art from Cohagen, who was also the bad guy in Robocop. I don't know if we mentioned that, but it's the same bloody guy. Um, yeah. Uh, he's like... And they like they lose the tracker of him, and then they're driving along. And Richter's like, "Oh, what about that guy there?" And it just happens of all the people in the street, he just happens to zone in on Arnie. I mean, granted, he sticks out; he's built like a fucking brick shit house. But it's like it was a bit of crap, wasn't it? It's like one minute they're tracking him, a wet tea towel stops it, then they just find him again. Yeah, movie coincidence number two hundred and fifty again, isn't it? Um, but when Arnie gets in the Johnny cab, and he's like, "Where do you want to go?" and he's like, "Drive." He's like, <laughs> I, I don't know. And he's like, shit, shit. He's like, I don't know that destination. It's <laughs> That bit always cracks me up. And yet again, as per last week in every fucking movie, they end up at a deserted factory. Yeah, and the car blows up. <laughs> yeah, every time. <laughs> Must just be a thing of uh, Verhoeven. It's like, well, it's just any fucking movie, isn't it? From the 80s and 90s. Like, let's have a warehouse of some kind. But, um... <laughs> yeah. And when Arnie sticks that thing up his nose to pull the bug out again, we get some more. I'll tell you what, though, I wouldn't fucking want to stick that thing up my nose. Like, I don't even like doing a COVID test. You have to put a cotton swab up your nose. That must fucking hurt. Yeah, yeah, it's fucking horrible that bit. And you can tell when it switches to the animatronic as well, like, because again, there's a mm. lot of practical effects in this. It goes from, to be honest, they're not that bad. Obviously, you can notice that they are dummies or whatever they are, but um, obviously, they do they do look pretty good, I think, especially considering the time. I, um, I didn't have a problem with it watching it earlier. I certainly didn't have a problem with it watching it when it first came out, and I still thought it held up today. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, so a tool inside the briefcase allows Quaid to remove a tracking device implanted in his skull, throwing Richter off track. The briefcase also contains a video of himself. However, his version of himself is called Hauser, revealing that he used to do the dirty work for Mars administrator Vilos Cohagen. But after he met a woman, he realized he was playing for the wrong team. So to escape, he went undercover and implanted the Quaid personality to cover his tracks. The video insists that since he's watching the video of himself, Cohagen has found him and now he has to get his ass to Mars so he can deliver the information stored in his head about Cohagen to the authorities so they can bring him down. And this kind of pretty much just sets up the plot and the mission now, doesn't it? He gets the fucking massive thing out of his nostril, gets some fake idea, and now he has to head to Mars to save the day. Yeah, apologies. I jumped ahead a little bit there, Brad. I was talking about him pulling that thing out of, um, out of his nose. Um, 
but yeah and um the bit with the um the hologram is quite cool where he uses that he's got that hologram watch which definitely um plays a big part later on in one of the end scenes but the poor rat gets fucking shot for no reason obviously richter's a bit pissed off so he just shoots a rat yeah well i imagine arnie i don't know that the rat actually eats the tracking device but the fucking tracking device is massive so how would the rat have swallowed it in the first place he kind of sticks it into like a mars bar or whatever it is he's munching mm. on um but yes yeah, it's, it's pretty cool um and again like you say it's just a big fucking warehouse isn't it and he's just like sat there like and then like 20 fucking guards all turn up and surround him it's a bit strange yeah, yeah, he puts it in a Mars bar, and I think the rats are, like, fighting over it, and sort of, they've got it in their mouths, not really eating it, just sort of trying to get it away from each other. Um, but I do like the bit where he says, if, um, if I'm right and you're watching this, you'll be sat here with a tea towel on your head. I did think that bit was quite funny. Yeah, that is good. I just love, obviously, that classic line as well, because um, they hit the monitor, and then it just repeats, doesn't it? You get the whole, get your ass to Mars, get your ass to Mars, get your ass yeah. to Mars, and sorry, fucking hell, it's amazing. <laughs> It's amazing how it got stuck on that one line as well. It's perfect, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> so Quaid arrives at the Mars colony disguised as a woman and narrowly avoids capture by Richter and Cohagen's men. He discovers that, as Hauser, he has been here before and reconnects with his lover, Melina, a prostitute in the red light area of uh, Venusville, where poor radiation shielding has created a number of mutants. After hearing Quaid's story, Melina re- refuses to have anything to do with him after finding that he has a wife. So this is, again, quite a lot going on here. We get the classic two weeks section as well when he's, like, coming through fucking, um, like, security, I guess it is, or, like, departure. And then we meet Benny, then we meet Melina, and we also get Hank from Breaking Bad, don't we? We do. And I'd forgotten he was in this film. I didn't really put two and two together. So obviously Breaking Bad was a long time after this. So I was like, oh, fuck me, it's old Dean Norris. Um, you can tell it's him now, when, and now I know who it is. Um, but, yeah, the, the two weeks is fucking brilliant, isn't it? And apparently the woman who played that, the actor who played the, the woman and the name on the passport is actually her real name. I can't remember what it is. Um, so nice little touch there. They let her use her real name on the passport that Arnie's carrying. Yeah. There's a bit here that it's just always, there's a couple of bits in this movie. This is one of the first ones um, just where they've done like the special effects. It's not the effects I have an issue with, but when obviously the, the face starts malfunctioning, he's like doing the whole two weeks, two weeks <laughs> fucking thing. And then um, Richter's like, it's him, it's her, it's the woman runs off after him and stuff. He, like, touches his ear and this big fucking bar comes out the side of his head. And then, like, the yeah. face opens up and comes off. And it's like, well, that bar came out. That would have been inside your head. You know, there's no way that could have fucking come out without something being inside Arnie's head. He was obviously disguised. Just little things like that. I was like, that's really not going to fucking work, is it? Yeah. Yeah, you're right, actually. I didn't think of that. But one bit I did think, and I've never really noticed this before, when Arnie's got the head and... He throws it to the guards and they catch it. And she's like, get ready for a surprise. And it blows up. No one seems to die. Like That was quite a big explosion. (laughs) No one seems to have been hurt in the explosion. Yeah, that's a good point, actually. And that was actually a really good effect they used. Obviously, I know they obviously a bit of a copy and paste of the real woman's face saying, get ready for a surprise. But I mean, granted, they've obviously restored it with 4K and stuff. But the joining on the screen actually looked really good, I thought. Yeah, it did look good. One thing that does not look good, and we get the first sort of proper glimpse of it here, and it repeats throughout the film is the bloody green screen they use for the, the shots of Mars when he's on that oh, train yeah. talking to that fucking hairy dude this is like one of the fucking hairy bikers it's like fucking hell <laughs> you, this, you can literally draw a line around their heads can't you as they're talking it's so bad yeah yeah that is quite bad actually but the colour saturation is really good but like you say you can literally see they've been copy and pasted I do like that bit as well when he's talking to that guy and he's like yeah, what's that over there and they're like, oh it's the, uh, the mines they shut it down because of the alien yeah but that's just a rumour it's like no it's not and fucking 
Oh, it's good. And also, I like um, before he goes to recall at the start of the movie when he's on his way to work, he sees the recall commercial, doesn't he? And it's like says yeah. something specific, like um, if you can't afford like bad holidays, come to recall. And then he sees another one. I think it's on this train after he's had the implant, and it's like um, don't go for dodgy implants or anything. Take a real holiday you can afford. And I just like that kind of switch. That almost like is one real and one's not. I'm not sure. Yeah, no, it's cool. I mean, I've always been a little bit confused by the plot on this, and even watching it again earlier, I'm still like, you know, you are kind of supposed to be a little bit spun out, I think, by it. But when we first meet Benny as well, and um, there's the other taxi driver, and he gets into Benny's cab, but the other taxi driver tells him he's got whiskey, so I'd be making a beeline for that one, personally. Well, if it's Kurt Russell, he would have. We know that much, don't we? Fucking... <laughs> if there was, like, Space McCready out there, he would have been straight in the one with the whiskey. So. <laughs> Yeah, and then Benny, he gets in the taxi and Benny drives him for about 10 seconds. Obviously, they don't need a big, long shot of Benny driving him. Then he gets out and fucking walks him to the place. I've never had a taxi driver get out and walk me to the venue before. They normally go, yeah, there you go, mate. It's 10 miles down that way. Kick you out. Don't they? they don't fucking walk you to the door. Obviously, Benny wants a bit of tit action with old three tits. Oh, God, oh, fucking three tits. So I was actually thinking, <laughs> I probably think about this more than I should have done, actually. But I was like, obviously, the actress there, Obviously, I'd assume she does have tits. So, like, did they just like two apart and put a really convincing-looking fake one in the middle? I'm really um, intrigued how that special effect was done because it would have been practical as well. Yeah, I thought exactly the same thing watching this earlier. I was like, "How have they done that?" I was like, <laughs> definitely thinking too much into this. And then there's the little woman. I don't want to call her a dwarf or a midget. So I'm not sure, and it's probably on PC. She reminds me of Barbara Windsor. Oh, the blonde one. Fucking <laughs> Rachel said the same thing. She goes, "What's Peggy Mitchell doing on here?" I was like. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, there good. you go <laughs> yeah there you go so it's not it's not just you there and everything but I fucking I love Benny from literally the minute we meet him he's just so quotable as a hey man you need a cab you ain't got five yeah. and all this he's so <laughs> fucking full of it and like you say I mean we obviously find out Benny is kind of doing what he's doing he's got a motive later that's probably why he's like literally doesn't leave Quaid alone but like you say he walks him everywhere he fucking drives him everywhere now he never really kind of leaves his side no he doesn't for good or for bad in fact <laughs> So, um, returning to his hotel room, uh, Quaid is confronted by Laurie and Dr. Edgemar, the leading researcher from Recall. Dr. Edgemar claims that everything Quaid has experienced since leaving Recall has been part of the false memories that have gone wrong, and that by taking a pill, they can restore his mind to normal. He's about to take the pill, but he kills Edgemar after seeing him sweating. Then he spits the pill. He is forced to run from Laurie and several of Cohagen's soldiers. Melina arrives, heavy having realised Quaid's story is true and helps Quaid to take down Cohagen's men. Laurie attempts to stop the escape, but Quaid shoots her down, calling, saying, it's a divorce. So now, obviously, this is where everything comes together a bit more. we got, obviously, Laurie. I thought that was really good. And again, it comes into this thing. is like, who's actually telling the truth here? Is this actually the implant gone wrong? Or is he actually really a secret agent that's just been kind of like awoken? Because that Dr. Edgemar bit is pretty trippy. Yeah, I've got that in my line, well, my notes here, pretty much the bit of the hotel when they send him in is pretty fucking crazy and it is a bit of a head fuck for everyone. I mean, Arnie particularly, but the people watching, you're like, what the hell is going on? And old um, Laurie, Sharon Stone, when she comes in here and starts trying to talk him down, then he, he shoots fucking matey boy. She kicks him in the nuts yet again. So that's three times she's had a go at his knackers now. Oh, yeah, poor Arnie. <laughs> poor Plums, man. What's going on? <laughs> oh, actually, um, I know you said, obviously, you had a thing for Sharon Stone. I actually quite liked um, the way they made her look in this scene. I liked the hair and the suit they gave her as well. I thought that looked pretty cool. 
Yeah, the old 80s power dressing, wasn't it? Um, and yeah. the, the old called called out a divorce. It's fucking brilliant, isn't it? When she says, but Doug, we're married. And he just fucking shoots her. He's an absolute fucking dead shot as well. Because he shoots old fucking specky guy in the forehead right in the middle. Then he fucking does the same thing to her. So he's a dead shot old Arnie, isn't he? Yeah, he seems to be. Because he's not even aiming at the time. He's only got it kind of like, I don't know, like stomach level, hasn't he? And he just like pulls the trigger, man, to get it like bang on in the centre of her head. Which obviously pisses off old uh, Richter because obviously he's his missus. He doesn't look that upset, though. He looks pissed off more than upset. He's like, oh, well, I'm, there's plenty more fish in the sea. You know, he, I think he's more angry at fucking uh, Arnie's escaped than the fact that his wife is dead. But um, yeah. Melina just miraculously appears and she comes to the rescue. Yeah, and speaking of all the funny noises Arnie make, I mean, Sharon Stone and um, I can't remember the woman who plays Melina and that, but they have a bit of a fight here and they make some pretty fucking crazy noises as well. I swear at one point, one of them does like a kind of hip toss or something. They're like, <laughs> weird screamy screechy noise but I suppose it's all just yeah. done for effect really Arnie couldn't take it all no exactly and you get the typical bit you always get when, when women fight in these films where Sharon grabs her with uh, Melina by the hair and sort of drags her a little bit it's always a, a trait I mean I don't know if it happens in real fights when women fight it probably does I mean it's a, it's a good sort of place to grab someone I guess well yeah it's just that kind of like uh, 101 cat fight as they used to call it wasn't it really yeah so, fleeing the hotel from Richter and Helm, Melina explains that one of the mutants, Quato, may have the ability to extract Hauser's information from Quaid. Along with a taxi driver named Benny, the three escape from Richter and make their way to Quato, who is the leader of the Martian rebels. A battle ensues when Richter, Helm and Cohagen's men have a brawl with the um, Venusville residents, which results in the death of Helm, some of the um, Venusville residents and some of Cohagen's men. In revenge for aiding in their escape, Cohagen blocks uh, Venusville and shuts down its ventilation system, slowly causing the denizens to die from lack of oxygen. This is pretty much just a chase scene that follows up the previous scene that we had there, don't we? But it kind of sets Cohagen to being a bit of an arsehole and killing everyone off. Yeah, it is. Um, it's more really bad green screen as well when um, Arnie and Melina are escaping and uh, they're being chased by old fucking Timmy Mallet stroke Sonic the Hedgehog guy. His head just reminded me of Sonic. It's fucking weird, isn't it? And then we get movie coincidence 251 as Benny just happens to turn up, <laughs> just appears from around the corner and he's like, hey man, get in. It's like, where the fuck did you come from? Yeah, he's like, don't know that you guys are in trouble. Then like the fucking window <laughs> smashes. Hey man, I got five kids to feed. I wish I was telling you fucking says that in this movie. <laughs> he does fit it in a few times, yeah. And old uh, Tony, uh, Dean Norris turns out all right in the end and he sort of, Shuffles him out the back, and then that that sorry I can't speak. The fight, and uh, Richter shoots old um three tits in the back, and then Babs Windsor goes fucking psycho. She's the one who kills um thingy boy in the uh fucking Timmy Mallet, and then just grabs a machine gun and goes fucking Rambo on the counter. Yeah, she goes fucking mental. I like the way she kills old Timmy Mallet though. She just grabs a fucking knife and charges up and stabs him in the guts because he's in like a fucking headlock. One thing that is fucking weird and makes no sense. Like this fight's kicking off in the bar, and it's not too drastic. But instead of, like, leaving through the door, fucking Richter just does this massive, big fucking Hollywood dive through the fucking window for no reason. I noticed that. I never noticed it before. But, yeah, wasn't it earlier? He sort of looks around and just fucking makes a hate, like, being over the window, just jumps through it. I'm like, right, okay, that's um dramatic effect for you. Yeah, but, like, all his guards are just using the fucking door. So it's like, why don't you just get them the cover when he went out? But, yeah, it's a bit over the top, but it was funny. One yeah. thing is, though, I was thinking, just um, in, in general with this movie, it's weird, isn't it? Like, all throughout, like, kind of science fiction and everything, the fascination that whenever there's, like, alien life or something, it's got to come from Mars, hasn't it? Like, how many, like, 
big sci-fi franchises, like even like, you know, War of the Worlds, isn't it? It's, they come from Mars and everything. There's something about that planet and just that whole concept of it's always Mars. Do you know what I mean? It's just like, this is just yeah. another one that goes with it. Yeah. I mean, just thinking now off the cuff without really even having any preparation, because obviously these are all done completely. Off, we don't tell each other what we're going to say. Um, I guess because Mars is the one planet we we are, we are going to get to at some point, isn't it? And the others are so far away. I mean, Mars isn't exactly around the corner, but it's known that man will get there. So there's that kind of fascination that one day we will find out what's going on there. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Be interesting, you know. I don't know if it'll be in our lifetime, but it'd be good to see if we yeah. ever do settle on there or if we ever do discover anything. But I just always thought it's weird that it's just the human race and. I say sci-fi and scientists has always seemed to have that obsession with Mars and you're probably right it's because it's probably the only planet we're ever likely to get to I think we know a little bit more about it possibly as well it's the red planet and I don't know it's been explored obviously not personally but it's been explored by satellites and fucking probes and whatever so we do know a little bit more about it but not enough obviously to, to determine if there is any life there um, but I can't see we'd see anyone getting there in our lifetime bread roll but it will happen yeah, be cool. Maybe Arnie will be there. You never know. He might be. <laughs> so now Quaid, Molina and Benny are found by Quato's forces. And Quaid is taken privately to see the mutant, a small humanoid uh, form conjured to another man. The mutant helps Quaid identify a giant alien artifact device that has been recently uncovered. So I can't get my words out. And in, um, implores him to start it up. As Quaid learns this, they are attacked by Cohagen's forces, and Benny reveals himself to be a mole having led them to Quato. Quato is killed while Quaid and Molina are captured. And this is another one with the fucking quote, isn't it? This Quato guy with that open your mind fucking thing yeah. going on. That's just that as kids, like me and my mates used to do that all the time. Just like open your mind just to fucking wind each other up. Yeah, it's been um, it's been sampled a few times in like dance tracks and that as well. So it's such a good thing as well for obviously the drugs and the rave scene back in the early nineties. So it's definitely sampled a lot. Um, he's pretty fucking freaky though, Quato, isn't he? I mean, it's when he comes out of that guy's stomach. I mean, I have enough trouble disguising my beer belly in t-shirts. I wouldn't be able to disguise that <laughs> fucking thing down there. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty good as well. And again, you can tell the cut to when he comes out like the belly and everything, and then. The actor is obviously just one big dummy with the fucking puppet sticking out of his belly and stuff. But again, it's really good. It doesn't draw your attention to the fact that, like, obviously you know it's fake, but like it doesn't draw your attention. So you're obviously looking, thinking, oh, yeah, that's ropey. It's still done pretty well, I think. Yeah. There's a couple of bits about Benny as well in this little bit. Um, when he first reveals his mutant arm, I thought that still looks all right now. Again, another practical effect is a bit sort of thing-like. And then the whole twist of him when he does turn and shoots Quarto. Again, it's quite a good little twist, isn't it? Because he's, he's turned out to be this sort of bit of a lad and bit of a you know good guy and all out for a good time. But it turns out he's actually a complete twat. Yeah, yeah, it is good. And it's um, like you say, it's one of those classic kind of betrayals. But the first time you watch it, you're not really expecting it, are you? Because you quite like him as a character and he's a bit kind of unassuming. You just think he's just a random casual guy with loads of good one-liners. But he does, there's another good one, uh, well, not a one-liner, but a bit of banner here. Because he's like, um, congratulations, Quaid, you're born and ride to us. Um, he's like, how could you turn on your own people? It's like, I got four kids to feed. So what happened to number five? Shit, man, you got me. I ain't even married. Look at your fucking hands in the air. It's just not another fucking <laughs> classic back and forth. Yeah, it's brilliant, isn't it? I mean, I don't know why you have to be married to have five kids, but obviously maybe back then. But, you know, times have changed these days. Yeah, definitely. Maybe it's a thing on Mars. Maybe it won't matter as much. But like you say, things have changed uh, quite a lot since then. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, maybe it's a Martian thing. Yeah, and old fucking. This is where um, 
we get a bit of Cohagen as well uh, coming up, don't we? So Quaid is taken to Cohagen, who shows him another video by Hauser that reveals Hauser to be Cohagen's friend, and that he went through the false memory process in order to lead Cohagen to the rebels without alerting their telepaths. Cohagen orders that Hauser's memories be restored in recall in a recall device, as well as uh, wiping Molina's mind, but the two manage to escape. They make their way to the site of the alien artifact, killing Benny, Richter, and the rest of the men in the process. This is where we get another like huge dose of Arnie noises going on when they're in that bloody recall chair again. Oh, he goes fucking mad, doesn't he? And the bit where he, he stabs the guy, the restraints in this one are actually a lot better than the ones at recall itself. They were just straps. These are like fucking metal clamps. But obviously he's freaking out. He's a big guy. He manages to rip one off and there's like a spike, obviously, that was holding it to the, the arm of the chair and he just fucking stabs it through that guy's throat. It's well brutal. Yeah, it just reminded me of that bit in Robocop when he stabs old fucking Bonnegar, mm. doesn't he, at the end with that big spike. It's just another throwback to that. And then he randomly, like, obviously, he gets free and he beats people up and he gets this, I don't know what it is, it's just some big fucking pole and he shoves it through someone's face sideways, doesn't he? And he just falls <laughs> he down with his fucking thing. It's like, that just seemed really out of place and like overly brutal for what was going on, but fair play. Yeah. Yeah, he does. You're right. And um, Melina manages, obviously, to get away as well. And he's like, are you okay? And she's like, yeah, I think so. And then, movie coincidence, for 252, they run into fucking Benny, who's driving an excavator thing. Um, that, again, like, his death's pretty brutal when Arnie does finally kill him. But before that, he sort of, he's got these big drill things on it for anyone who hasn't seen it. Sideways and forward pointing, it goes through the, the rocks in Mars, sort of tunnel, tunneling thing, isn't it? And both Melina and Arnie, I keep calling him Arnie, but you know what I mean. Um, their arms <laughs> get fucking like hacked by these saws, but they don't really seem to do a lot of damage, do they? They have to fucking rip their arms off. Yeah, definitely. These things are going through, like, like you say, burrowing through Martian rock and everything. I mean, Arnie's biceps are impressive, but I don't think they'd be fucking, you know, like drill proof or anything like that. But then we got obviously Benny kicking off, like, you remember me? Benny is the name. And fucking, I just love Benny. He's such a cool character. And then Arnie does one himself, doesn't he? He gets the big, um, like the Mac drill thing and pushes it through and kills Benny and it's like Benny screw you and then fucking drills him to death <laughs> I like that bit Benny's like where are you man where are you looking around and the drill's coming through it's a fucking gnarly death you don't really see it but just the implementation of it it's like fuck me that would be a horrible way to die because there's no way he's getting out of that cab either so he's trapped in there with his drill coming through I guess yeah, he got what he deserved yeah, definitely. You see him sort of screaming and doing a bit of jazz hand action as he's being fucking drilled <laughs> to death. But then again, lo and behold, here comes another fucking movie coincidence. Like, they stop Benny, but his drill machine hits a wall. It just happens to knock down into the fucking massive, fucking thousand foot wide fucking chamber that they need to get to. And it's like, oh, wow, just you were in the right place. That's good. I've got exactly the same thing. It's my next line in the notes. They now happen just to be next to the reactor. I mean, Arnie was heading there anyway when they run into Benny, but conveniently they are like literally as you say one fucking wall away from it yeah and then they go in there and they cross the bridge and this is um i've got an issue with this bit a bit like the what bit earlier where the bit comes out the side of his head and it wouldn't make sense so they're in this chamber and it's like got loads of like pillars and stuff all around it for those who haven't seen the movie um and arnie goes in and then he gets surrounded by uh like richter and uh cohagen's men and they all start fucking shooting him and he falls down and they're shooting him for fucking ages. Then he stands up and mm. starts laughing. And then they're like, oh, shit, he's got a hologram. And he jumps out and pops him. But first of all, one, they're fucking shooting him. Surely they'd notice that there was no fucking bullet holes or anything going in. And two, they're standing all around him shooting. If that hologram was there, they'd have all shot each other, surely. All the bullets would have gone through the hologram and just taken each other out. Got something very similar here. I mean, clever use of the hologram. And I can, you know, as I said earlier on, it does come into play a lot later on. 
Um, but yeah, they would have noticed. And um, I mean, that thing takes more fucking bullets than Murphy did in Robocop last week. And I'm thinking, yeah, exactly the same thing. They'd have shot each other to shit by now, or they'd have put two and two together and thought, why isn't this guy dying when we've just unleashed every fucking bullet we've got into him? Yeah, it's crazy. And then him and Melina, I like, quite like this scene. They're kind of tossing the um, thing back and forth to each other and tricking the guards and taking them all out bit by bit. Then Arnie chases down and we get another classic Arnie noise here. Richter's on an elevator and Arnie jumps and he's like, <laughs> fucking dives on him. And fucking, they have a fight. But then Michael Ironside's like proper beating the shit out of Arnie. I'm like, hang on a minute. I mean, I know the bad guy's always got to get a few hits in, but Michael Ironside's fucking tiny. I don't think he'd have, you know, stand a chance against Arnie. Yeah, I thought that. He does give him a bit of a leathering, doesn't he? But the way he, he dies is quite fucking gnarly, isn't it? When the lift takes his uh, his hands off and Arnie's just holding them. It's a bit like the boys when old fucking May's girlfriend gets run over. He just stood there, but he's obviously, see you at the party, Rick. That's another fucking classic line. Oh, it's um, amazing. Some, before that, in that bit where they go to the place where there's all the pillars and that, the green screen is there crossing the reactor things. Fucking terrible yet again, isn't it? Oh, God, it looks like they've just been fucking put onto an oil painting, doesn't it? It's fucking dreadful. It's like, it's really old fashioned. And I don't know if it's like, it's worse because it's on 4K. I mean, I'm sure it always looked ropey anyway. It's been a while since I watched this on like an old standard def sort of version or anything like that. But yeah, I mean, it, it does look pretty fucking shit, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, that's the problem with 4K. I mean, cer- certain bits get enhanced and they just look a lot worse than they should. And obviously certain bits look a lot better. Um, and when Arnie and... Um... Richter are having the fight and um, there's a couple of sort of body blows but when they punch each other in the face the effects are really cartoony they're like fucking um, Bugs Bunny punch noises I don't know if you noticed that yeah yeah I did it reminded me a bit more like Indiana Jones because they have those really like whoosh, mm. whoosh, sort of sounds don't but, they when yeah. they're fucking punching it's really weird yeah yeah exactly that uh, so the artifact is revealed to be a terraforming machine that has the ability to create oxygen for the citizens of Mars. But Cohagen has no intention of ever activating it because if Mars had a breathable atmosphere, he would lose power and control of the planet. They enter the control room of the machine. Cohagen arrives and attempts to stop Quaid by threatening to blow up the control room. But Quaid grabs the explosive charge and tosses it through a large vent, accidentally rupturing the wall exposed to the void of the Martian atmosphere. Cohagen is dragged out and dies of asphyxiation and decompression on the planet's surface, while Quaid is able to start the machine just before he and Melina are dragged out. <laughs> so I'm fucking laughing. <laughs> fucking noises up in a minute. Um, Quaid and Melina are saved from death as the waves of breathable air sweep across the planet. As the citizens of Venusville and the colony find themselves safe and free of Cohagen's rule, Quaid and, M- Quaid and Melina kiss, with Quaid wondering if he's still part of the recall memories. And that pretty much wraps up the film, but the whole kind of like we get the sort of the speech with the final bad guy, don't we, in Cohagen, but he doesn't put up much of a fight because he's just a businessman, isn't he? He's not going to fucking do a lot. Yeah, which I think in a way, although it's a bit of a damp squib of an ending, I guess, it's more realistic. The fact is, you say, he wouldn't have been able to put up much of a fight against Arnie and he gets sucked out fairly quickly. I mean, that's just a prelude to Arnie's noises when he gets sucked out. Um, there's a couple of bits here, though. Arnie's hand manages to actually fit in that thing, which is quite convenient. Um, which pushes, obviously, the reactor down and starts it. And then Melina actually lasts longer than Arnie when they're getting sucked out. Arnie um, goes before her. She's the last to get sucked out, which I thought was quite random, considering you think Arnie would be stronger and be able to hold on for longer. Yeah, I do have a problem with this um, scene when they're out there. I mean, not just the fucking weird noises, because first of all, you've got fucking <laughs> going here. And, uh, and he sounds like fucking yeah. Pee-wee before he dies. He just sort of goes, ah, and fucking dies. <laughs> 
Oh, then you've got Arnie out there doing his fucking thing and Molina and stuff. And they're like out there for fucking ages. Their eyes are bulging. They're fucking yeah. just swelling up. One little gust of fresh air blows over them and suddenly they're okay. And it's like, hang on, you'd, be, you'd still be fucking dead or massively deformed, I'd imagine. Yeah. I mean, it takes a, a long time, like you say. They're all doing their noises, all various noises. Arnie's obviously the best. Um, but yeah, and then they don't seem to be affected by it. That whole reactor scene goes on for fucking ages as well. I mean, I guess it's the big finale and everything, but you see it going down and all the air coming out and you see all the people in Venusville and all the windows are crashing in around them and they're all being saved. They can breathe now. But that seems really drawn out, I thought. Well, it is when you think about it. I mean, I know it's sci-fi and, you know, you got, you're not supposed to think about it like this, I'd imagine. The book's fucking tiny anyway. Um but like you think these machines haven't been turned on. They say they're like half a million years old at one point, don't they? And it's like they've got to go down, they've got to cook all this ice and heat it up and next thing here. When the fucking volcano erupts, though, that looks fucking ropey. I thought um, yeah. the effects of like the smoke and that reminded me of that fucking in Ghostbusters when Gozer's on top of the tower. That looks fucking oh, shit. Fucking well. But um, that's what it yeah. reminded me of. But um, yeah, it's just it's one of those things, isn't it? Yeah, obviously, the heroes have got to survive. And I do like that bit at the end when it's like, because his... Um, implant was called blue sky on mars wasn't it so obviously they get the blue sky and then it's like so is he actually is this all part of his recall implant and he's just literally dreamed his implant the way it should have been or did it awaken something else it's just weird yeah and we get the, another really bad bit of green screen when they're walking along and you see the sky and everything and that end line and when they kiss is just such a fucking cheesy ending for quite a gnarly film it's just like oh fucking hell really but i mean i can, I can let it off because the two hours that have gone before it or just under two hours have been pretty fucking great yeah yeah it does look pretty bad and like you say it's a bit of a kind of happy ending which again makes me think is it actually all supposed to be a dream because obviously they were going to give him a holiday where obviously you know he stops the bad guy saves the day gets the girl and that just kind of gives me that kind of vibe it's like is this just all his implant or did he actually, you know, was he really a secret agent and it's all real? It's just one of those things, you know, I don't know if there is actually a definite answer out there. I should have looked. No, I don't think there is. I, I did a little bit of reading last night and um, it, I think what I read, basically you're left to sort of have that thought. Was it real? Was it dream? Who was he? I mean, when I used to watch this as a kid, the, the plot was way above my head. I had no fucking idea what was going on. I just wanted to see Arnie. Yeah, yeah, exactly that. So um, that is uh, Total Recall. Uh, the only thing left to do now is to give this one some scores. Would you like to do the honours and go first, JT? Uh, yeah, I can do bread roll. Um, yeah, why not? Uh, I think you went first last week, didn't you, on Robocop, maybe? I don't know. Maybe I did. I can't fucking remember. Anyway, I'll go, <laughs> I'll go first. Why not? Let's, let's not argue and deliberate about this. So it's not really going to come to a great surprise what I'm going to say. I mean, this is just a great film. It's not only one of Arnie's best, but it's one of my all-time faves anyway of any film. I, I fucking love it. As we've said all the way through, there's some bits have really not aged well. The green screen is fucking awful, but that might be because 4K's made it look awful. I don't know. But the practical effects definitely still hold up. Um, I thought, you said about the colour saturation, I thought the Mars scenes were just a bit too red. Again, it could have been the settings on my TV or something. But they were just a bit too fucking in your face. I mean, I know Mars is the red planet, but fucking come on. Um, I mean, this wasn't as violent as Robocop, but it's still pretty bloody full on. And again, we said this, Arnie must make the most Arnie noises. And you know what noise we're talking about, of any film he's ever been in. Fucking hell, he just, all the way through, it's brilliant. (laughs) And I think (laughs) the supporting cast are really strong as well. I mean, I did have a thing for Sharon Stone back in the day. I was always a bit upset when she died. Um, 
Benny's fucking brilliant, isn't he? His comedy lines, I mean, they're a bit over the top, but he is fucking good. And the, the twist, I thought, was brilliant. I never saw that coming the first time I saw this film. Um, it's got to have five others. I know I kind of copped out, pun intended, with um, Robocop last week, which maybe was a bit generous. But this is five others all fucking day long. It's an absolute classic and an all-time favourite. And I really enjoyed watching it again earlier. So what about yourself, Bread Roll? Oh, lovely stuff, yeah. Well, you know, it's, it's Arnie. Like we say, it's one of Arnie's favourite, uh, finest, really. I mean, we see, we've done the two Terminator movies, but they kind of, they're in a league of their own. You know, we're actually going to look at some mm. proper, like what we call, like, real Arnie movies, the one that give us all the good one-liners, the weird noises and all that sort of stuff. Um, you can't look no further than this one, really, if you want all of that. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a great movie. I love this as a kid, being a huge Arnie fan. I still am. He's still my hero, really. I love Arnie. It's fucking awesome. I mean, yeah, the violence is fucking mental. The characters are all great. And it's great to see, like, loads of actors that over the years, obviously, have gone on to other things and stuff. You know, like, you've got, like, Barbara Windsor in there. You've got fucking Hank from Breaking Bad. Um, and obviously, Arnie and everything all doing really well. Um, I love it. Yeah, the story's good. Fucking Arnie's just amazing. And I mean, it's one of those movies that you couldn't imagine. If they made this movie without him, it wouldn't be as good, I don't think, even though the plot line is, you know, quite psychological and I quite like it. Um, as far as the colour saturation and stuff goes, yeah, it's really tricky to think if that's a 4K thing or like settings on the TV. Like you said, you know, the thing with 4K is it can make some things look amazing and the overall picture quality is fucking awesome for an old movie, but there is just a few bits that obviously highlight and do look a little bit shit. There's no way I could fucking give this movie anything less than five. It's a childhood favourite. Every time I watch it, I still love it. Benny is amazing. Like, I can just fucking watch a whole movie about him and his fucking quotes over and over. So, yeah, five others from me as well. Brilliant. Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't think of anything less. I was surprised you gave Robocop four, but you've been a bit more logical than me. Um, yeah, I mean, five others, fuck me. You can't get any less, can it? It's just, it's just an absolute classic. 30 years down the line or whatever it is now, it's still fucking brilliant. I don't make him like this anymore without sounding like a moody old bastard. They don't know. And it's like we said about Robocop. There's something about these movies. It's just the way they're done. They kind of, there's a feeling you get when you watch it. Like we said, like Robocop actually makes you just feel kind of grimy, the way it kind of draws you in and gives you that kind of impression of the world it's set in. Um, you know, this movie's the same. I know it's sci-fi and it's set on Mars and everything, but it does really pull you in and makes you feel like otherworldly. Um, and a lot of modern movies just, they can't do that anymore. I think they're just all too clean the way they're shot for, you know, better or worse. It works for some, you know, hinders others in my opinion. Um, but speaking of um, Arnie on that point, we are going to go into another Arnie movie next week, uh, which is going to be Commando. Fucking hell, I'm laughing already just thinking about it. <laughs> yeah, when we talk about Arnie's finest, I mean, it doesn't get much finer than that. I mean, I don't know what I'm actually going to score. I haven't thought about that far ahead, but this is another movie that I watched about a million times as a kid over and over. So I'm actually quite looking forward to watching it with an analytical eye for once. Oh, my God. Yeah, I mean, it's a definite favourite of mine as well. But I think I might have to give it two scores, a realistic score and then a score from the heart because, yeah, um, I don't know. I'm just thinking about it now. And, um, yeah, I'm starting to laugh inside a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> so that is uh, that is Hyperbaric Goats this week, uh, Total Recall. Um, let us know, as always, what you think of the episode, what you think of Total Recall. Also, let us know what some of your favourite Arnie movies are. Obviously, we're doing – we've just done Total Recall – we're going to do Commando. We might do one more afterwards. Um, but let us know what your thoughts on Arnie in this movie are by getting in touch with us at the Hyperbaric Goats on Twitter. And for me, I'm signing off. And for me, JT, I'm not really sure what the last thing is I'm going to say because we've said most of them throughout the bloody podcast. Um, so I've just got one last thing to say. Baby.
You make me wish I had three hands.